Hello, curiosity seekers and adventurous thinkers. Welcome to Applied Curiosity Lab Radio, the podcast for the relentlessly curious. This season, our host and Applied Curiosity Lab's chief curiosity seeker, Becky Saltzman, will be sharing the studio with ACL's chief experience producer and favorite sister, Jennifer Felberg. The lens is, and always will be, curiosity. Each week, fun and formal conversations center around one delectable curiosity bite, designed to give your brain the time and ideas to think about thinking, to flex your curiosity muscle, and maybe even revolutionize the way you think. I can't remember if I was junior year in high school or senior year in high school, but I was doing my typical form of meditation. I think this was before meditation had hit the suburban West Coast. And I was shooting baskets in the front yard, thinking about life. The night before, mom and dad had had a dinner party and some of mom's long-term friends from high school were there. And I overheard them talking about high school. And they all had a fun time in high school like you and I had. It was perfectly fine and fun. But they were talking about how high school had been the best years of their life. Not mom and dad, but their friends were saying this. And I was shooting baskets thinking, if these are the best years of my life, what does that say about the rest (laughs) of my life? Not to say that they were bad years, but high school was fine. It was great. It was fun. But I was so looking forward to (laughs) going to college, studying either medicine or being a journalist all over the world, eventually moving to New York with my intellectual friends sitting around in coffee shops, reading books. That was kind of my fantasy. With berets and black clothes. Black clothes. I don't know about berets. I never really (laughs) like berets. But I had this idea, you know, my idea of intellectual reading was probably like Ayn Rand. Oh, God. Oh, God. But that was, and I thought, but wait a minute, if these are the best years of my life, then what does that say for the rest of my life? Yeah, and it was not a good meditation session. It was probably (laughs) the opposite of meditation. It was basketball and rumination and frustration. I was thinking to myself, I know that I can predict that I'm going to either take the SATs or maybe I had already taken the SATs. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a degree, get a great job, move to New York. But then there became this point beyond which it was almost an unpredictable distant future. So I actually thought that that was the possibly predictable future because that was the skeleton, my framework that I had studied that other people had done. And it was reasonable to, to assume that I would do the same. But then there became this unpredictable distant future. What would that be like? I didn't even go beyond that, except for to know that it wouldn't be as good as high school because those are going to be the best years <laughs> oh, of my life. So sad. It was so pathetic. That brings me to the curiosity bite. How do you draw the line between the possibly predictable future and the unpredictable distant future. Yeah, where's that line? I think when I predict things, I look at what happened the year before. I'm thinking more of like business or with my career, with my Airbnb. I look at how we're going to book the next year based on who was who's staying there month by month. And so using this year's data to look at next year's yeah, data. Uh-huh. Yeah, and with that, then I know how much money we're going to have and what we can do with that. It cycles through. With our job, same thing. We're looking at, okay, how did we do in 2019? How many workshops are we going to do in 2020? So I need to plan that. How many trips we're going to be taking or even my Alaskan air miles. <laughs> Things like that you can kind of predict. But I don't know what's even going to happen tomorrow in some ways. But where's the line drawn? I mean, if I can predict next year based on 
last year. I don't know how long I can predict what's going to happen in 2021, for example. Yeah, I would have no idea. I could be dead by then for all I know. So I but don't know. But you usually don't predict that. I mean, we know that that's a possibility, but we don't really predict that. Well, I think in the back of your mind, mom helped us a little bit about having a contingency plan. She was always talking about having a contingency plan. I always know that something can happen. Moses got diabetes that threw a curveball. Barkley got cancer. You know, things like that. You can't predict those things. I remember when I was a retail buyer, everything was this year, last year. Everything, every calculation, TY minus LY, you look at percentage change. And during the holidays, it was always the number of weekends or some number of calculation between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's where you made, you know, a huge percentage of Mm -hmm. your money. When I got the business the year before I had the business, everyone had forgotten. It was before the internet. You couldn't look up weather. It would be very difficult, but you could try to remember. Well, you could look at the farmer's almond. (laughs) That's the the best predictive. That's the predictive. That's the truth. That's the truth. So anyway, last year's numbers were X. And this year we knew that my first year, my first holiday year, we knew that there were fewer days or fewer weekends between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we knew that it was going to be tough and we needed to make up those numbers. Mm -hmm. And not only did we make up those numbers, my business was unbelievable and I was the superstar. Now, turns out that most of the department store that was regionally located, not throughout the whole corporate, but our region's department store was particularly robust until you look back in the fine print that last year there was like a big snowstorm in that period of time, which (laughs) essentially shut down several of the stores for many of the shopping hours. So we became these heroes based on something that was really unpredictable yeah. And we didn't really predict the future based on that because a lot of us were new in our jobs and we wanted to become the heroes. Mm-hmm. So when my numbers and my numbers were even better than the rest of the store. So I was really considered, wow, you're just hot stuff buyer. But really, when I looked at it the year before, not only was there a snowstorm, but some of my merchandise that was holiday <laughs> merchandise <laughs> yeah. had actually been stuck in the snow back east. My numbers, I was fine. I was good at my job. But my numbers reflected things that were completely unpredictable. You took credit. Credit where credit wasn't due. Oh, yeah. And then when they had to be buyer of the quarter, it wasn't like I was going to say, but wait, really, I'm not eligible because realistically, my predecessor, who, by the way, is still a friend of mine, you know, really suffered from the fact that her merchandise got stuck in a snowstorm in Minnesota or something like that. And really imagining the future is kind of like nostalgia because we tend to predict the future based on using our memories. And to the mm-hmm. extent that our memories are wiped clean, either th- on purpose or because it's opportunistic, like don't pay no attention to the fact that that merchandise got stuck. Yeah. I'm just really good at my job. Yeah. Our predictions are really, really memory based. And there's actually quite a bit of science. So what happens if you lose your memory? There have been a lot of studies around this. Before the functional MRI, scientists found that a lot of patients with amnesia would lose their pasts, obviously amnesia, but they would also lose their futures. And there was one famous patient known by the initials HM. He was an epileptic patient. He had epilepsy. Harry. Harry Money. Mm. He had an experimental surgery. I mean, this was back in 1953. And they removed several portions of his brain, including his entire hippocampus, which is mostly... (laughs) That's responsible for most of our memory. And so when they would ask him, he had no memory of his past, but when they would ask him, "What what do you think you'll do tomorrow? He would reply, whatever is beneficial... Oh, he's like hiding the fact that he couldn't remember. He wasn't even hiding it. It just wasn't something there to even know to hide. Mm. I mean, and then later when functional MRI scans became available, this allowed the researchers to determine many of the same brain structures are involved with remembering and forecasting. And that's why 
we have nostalgia for the future in a similar way that we have nostalgia for the past. Yeah. Like, I hope the future we can continue to do, you know, the greatest generation and we can continue to be great. And I predict without the future, or sorry, without the past, there's no way to predict the future. You know, when people are asked, the, what's the classic interview question? Where do you see yourself in five years, in 10 years? You know, we tend to rely heavily on these, what you want, I well, think. Well, also, and yes, totally. But also what we want is a cultural life script or kind of a skeleton based on your culture. So in our culture, we might say to someone in high school, what, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Or where do you see yourself in 20 years? So in 20 years, you would say, okay, I'm going to move out of my parents' house, get a college degree. The life cycles. Find a job, fall in love, get married, buy a house, have kids, retire, have grandchildren, die. Oh my God, so depressing. <laughs> but that's our, the life, that's, that's our cultural script. Yeah. And in other cultures, there may be something different. The point is that we're just not that good at predicting the future. And I was just down in Santa Barbara recording my next course for LinkedIn Learning, mm -hmm. which is improving your judgment for better decision making. And one of the movies, it's a kind of a short course, but it's fun. And one of the movies is about how to improve your judgment about the future. Oh, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Well, I'll be 59 in 10 years. I have no idea. I mean, my kids will be gone. So we'll be empty nesters. I probably will still be working, hopefully. Yeah, it's hard to say. That would be a hard prediction for me. But probably when I was younger, when you had life cycles ahead of you, then you would have probably a better choice of prediction. But like, I, there isn't much <laughs> <laughs> There isn't much left, you know, to predict other than having grandkids. And I don't think in 10 years, I'd have grandkids. Maybe. I don't know. What about you? What about five years? Five years. I don't feel like there's too much that would change. I mean, again. Between now and five years, not that much would change. Yeah. Now, what about six years? <laughs> yeah, let's see what the line draws. Six, okay. So in five years, I think Moses would have a job that would be off us completely. So that would be nice. Uh, Ginger would still be on our health insurance and things like that. But, you know, who knows what's happening with health insurance. But somewhat, we'd still have some little bit of connection to our kids in seven years, hopefully, then we'd be completely empty nesters without any responsibility other than talking to them. So that that makes <laughs> that makes a change. He'll schedule that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tuesday only when I, yeah, necessary. well, they do it, you know, it's like, God, I call my mom once a week. So you think seven years, it's getting a little bit less predictable. 10 years, it's getting more unpredictable. It's hard to say. But do you I think, think you mostly draw the line based on where your kids will be? I know that's what it sounds like, but it'd be easier maybe to predict a category a category as opposed to just what do you, you know, what do you think you're going to be doing in 10 years? I have no idea. I mean, what I want to be doing? Yeah, what do you want to be doing? I would want to be I would love to not be working anymore except for us doing our workshops. That would be it. Nothing else. None of my none of my uh, speech and debate and stuff like that. I would just love to be able to do this and travel with you and travel with Sunny and just enjoy. And then it would be better than high school. <laughs> <laughs> Is it better than high school now? Um, in some ways. I mean, high school wasn't that great for me. It was fun and stuff, but it wasn't like the highlight of my life. I wouldn't say that was the highlight of my That's life. What you, about because you weren't the quarterback of the football I team. I wasn't. And had you been... I wanted to be the quarterback. And had you been a cheerleader. <laughs> oh, God. There was a kid one time that said to me something like, if you would have stayed popular, you would have been a homecoming queen. And I was like, really? 
exactly. I don't even know what that, what, I want to make of that. I don't even know what that means. I, don't, I, don't I was know like, what the heck? Is that a compliment or an insult? I didn't know what the heck that was. That's but. hilarious. Well, I wonder if the people that were homecoming queens in high school are very, I mean, all of my- You were a queen. You were a princess. <laughs> if I had just been a queen, then that would have been, been the best years of my life. Yeah, but now as it is. It, no. Wah, wah. Now my- when, when are your best years of your life? In some ways, my best years are now. Oh. And in other ways, they're not. I wonder, and I don't know if it's gender specific, but I would be curious to know mm. whether people who have achieved public successes earlier in life have less of a positivity bias than those who have achieved private successes or successes that have not been publicly acknowledged. It makes sense. I want you to predict what my list is going to be. Oh, predict. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to predict. Can you? Yes. Okay. Of course I All can. All right. Let's see. And I'm going to answer that with a limerick that will make it very clear <laughs> that I've predicted what your list will be. Oh, my God. A UFO went to land in Dakota, but the brakes didn't work one iota. It didn't take long to decide what was wrong. Seems the spaceship was made by Toyota in Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Was I right? Was you I right? are spot on. And how, how did you know I was going to do something about Nostradamus? You could tell, couldn't you? Oh, my God. It's the UFO and Toyota. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, he saw that happening. And you saw it happening. I, well, of course, because I'm also psychic. Just a bissel. Just a bissel. Nostradamus. Tell you, us me. Tell remind me. So Michael de Nostradamus. When was he? I don't even know when he was alive. 1503. He was born on the 21st of December, 1503, and died on the 2nd of July, 1566. 66. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. It's uncanny. <laughs> All right. What did Nostradamus predict? You tell me. I want to... Read what he said exactly. And then what? And then you have to tell me what this prediction meant. Okay. Okay. Oh, you know oh. what I mean? This will be so easy. Oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, no problem. <laughs> totally. <laughs> no problem. I picked my favorite. So okay. I'll start with one and then we'll see how this goes. See how I do. From the enslaved people, songs, chants, and demands, the princes and lords are held captive in prisons. In the future, by such headless idiots... These will be taken as divine utterances. Before the war comes, the Great Wall will fall. The king will be executed. His death coming too soon will be lamented. The guards will swim in blood near the River Seine, and soil will be bloodied. Oh, well, that's obvious. What? Michael Jackson. <laughs> How is that Michael Jackson? You read, Let through me it. you read through it, and I'll tell you. Okay, go. From the enslaved people's songs, chants, and demands. Okay, well, uh, he was obviously African-American enslaved people, and he was oh. sang and danced, and he commanded an audience. Okay, go. The princes and the lords are held captive in prisons. Well, remember when he had the son named Prince, he, and, oh. and also in the blanket, he kept one of his kids, <laughs> and he held him over the balcony near in Paris, near the River Seine. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes. Remember that whole picture was of Was it in Paris? Yes. Oh, my God. Or Tokyo, but maybe Paris. <laughs> but he did spend a lot of time and they loved him in Paris. So keep going. In the future, by such, such headless idiots, these will be taken as divine utterances. Well, a lot of the things that he said were divine utterances, the king of pop. And there were so many people. Yeah. I mean, that goes without saying. Go. 
before the war comes, the Great Wall will fall and well, the king will be executed. Okay, first of all, he was the king of pop. And what was his one, most popular album? The Wall! No, that's, that's um, that, no. Off, off the, the Wall! Off the wall. I'm telling you, it's definitely, oh I mean, it's 100%. God. It is Michael Jackson. Am I right? <sighs> Wrong. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's actually the French Revolution. I did not know Nostradamus predicted the French Revolution and Michael Jackson. Are yes. You, well, how does it? It is amazing. I what mean, do the scholars say about why that's predicting predictive of the French Revolution? French society went through this epic transformation and the privileged people were evaporated under the sustained assault of the liberal political groups so that was the wall i guess coming down tear down that wall isn't that when <laughs> reagan predicted east the, the gorbachev <laughs> and the old ideas about hierarchy and tradition succumbed to the new enlightenment principles but i don't really i I'm think actually the asleep, michael but... <laughs> jackson one it makes a lot more sense but you were wrong Oh, okay. Uh, okay, here's a good one. From the depths of the West Europe, a young child will be born of poor people. He who led by his tongue will seduce a great troop. His fame will increase toward the realm of the East. Beasts ferocious from hunger will swim across rivers. The greater one will cause it to be dragged in an iron cage when the Germany child will observe nothing. Ooh. I bet you can get this one. I have a feeling. Read me the first sentence again. From the depths of the west of Europe. Uh-huh. Okay. A young child will be born of poor people. Okay. He who by his tongue will seduce a great troop. His fame will increase toward the realm of the east. Ooh. I'm going to say... Mao Zedong. <laughs> because, Mao Zedong? Yeah, because instead of Mao Zedong, because of the tongue <laughs> and the East, and he was born poor, and he seduced the people through the Cultural Revolution. Absolutely. A lot of people call him Mao Zedong, but I'm going to call him <laughs> Mao Zedong. Yes. Wrong. So, what? It's Adolf Hitler. I thought you would get this one. Why? Why Listen, it? because it said the Germany child. The Germany child will observe nothing. But he wasn't German. No, but the people of Germany turned their backs and they basically observed nothing. They didn't see what well, the atrocities. The what iron cage? That was the people in the concentration camps. They were in iron oh, cages. Oh, Yeah. That, okay. No. Beasts of ferocious from hunger will swim across rivers. We should have listened to Nosty. Nosty nose. Nosty nose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did, okay. I'm not doing very well. What's okay, well, the next let's one? try. I think you might get this one. The great man will be struck down in the day by a thunderbolt, an mm -hmm. evil deed foretold by the bearer of a petition. Another falls at nighttime. Conflict in rains, London, and pestilence in Tuscany. I think this one might be Dumbledore and uh, <laughs> Voldemort. If you think about it, Go, okay. I'll tell you why. Go tell me why. Read the first sentence. The great man will be struck down in the day by a thunderbolt. Well, duh. Okay. <laughs> duh. <laughs> An <laughs> evil deed foretold by the bearer of a petition. Yep. Voldy. Voldy. Another falls at nighttime. Yeah. That's when Dumbledore died at night. Did he? Yes. What about Voldemort? Or he has sh shall not be named. <laughs> Conflict at Reigns, London, and Pestilence in Tuscany. Right. London. Yeah. Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. God, why didn't, I mean, I should have known. And Yeah. Wrong. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. 
What's this one? It's about John Kennedy. I, yep. I, you know, something that is totally what I was going to You should have said it. I was. I don't believe you. You're a liar. I was going to say it, but then I predicted that if I said it, <laughs> it would be wrong. So you went with. You went with Harry Potter? No, I predicted... Okay, here's the deal. I predicted you were going to say that I was wrong. So I needed to make sure that that prediction came true. Even John F. Kennedy and Robert Kennedy. Okay, blah, blah, blah. This one, I think you're going to get. That's why I want to move on to this one. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. I totally... You're going to get this one. Okay. The penultimate of the surname of Prophet will take Diana... For his day and oh. rest, mm-hmm. he will wander because of a frantic head and delivering a great people from f- subjection. Oh, that's obvious. Diana Ross and the Supremes. <laughs> How did you get Diana Ross and the Supremes let, from that? Let me explain. Read the first sentence. The penultimate of the surname of prophet. Exactly. That was the Supremes. Diana Ross was the ultimate. They were the penultimate. Yeah. So I get that. And this has to do with Barry Gordy, too, in the whole thing. Go ahead. Motown. <laughs> go ahead. He predicted this. The rise of. Okay, go ahead. The rise of Diana and the Supremes. Diana Ross and the Supremes. Okay. Yeah. We'll take Diana. Okay. There you go. There, okay. Done, done. For his day and rest. That was. And for his, referring to Barry Gordy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He will wonder because of a frantic head. And he was frantic. I mean, how are we going to get Motown spread on all the radio waves? There's still a lot of racism. Go ahead. And delivering a great people from subjection. Okay. Uh, Need I say, the great people, all of the people that have been enslaved, African-Americans, this is, this is, I know, I think I'm right. Keep going. You are amazing. Is, is that all that there is? Yes, that's all there is. Uh, then it goes without saying. That's right, right? God, unbelievable. You're wrong. <laughs> what you, how could that be wrong? It's Princess Diana. Oh my God. I thought you would get that one. What are you talking She's about? She's the Princess of Wales. And she had that collision. And the guy that was the driver was the only one that survived. And he was drunk. So that was the frantic head. And Diana. Diana died. <sighs> It doesn't say anything about her dying. Well, yes. You just don't understand Nosty like I know Nosty. <laughs> if you knew no, Nosty like I know Nosty. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, last one. Last right, one. I'm ready. Okay, this is, this is a goodie. Yeah, this is the last one. Volcanic fire from the center of the earth will cause trembling around the new city. Two great rocks will make war for a long time. And Arthusa will redden. A new river. In the year 1999, in the seventh month, Mm. from the sky will come the great king of terror, bringing back to life the great king of Mongols. Before and after Mars to reign by good fortune, the sky will burn at a 45 degrees. Fire approaches the great new city. By fire, he will destroy their city, a cold and cruel heart. Blood will pour. Mercy to none. I mean, Prince. <laughs> 1999, Rain, oh, no. Sh- Sheena, Sheila E. and uh, Appaloosa. Appaloosa. <laughs> <laughs> Apollonia. Apollonia. Appaloosa. <laughs> She he never liked that horse. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. Oh my goodness, this is about purple rain. <laughs> 1999. 
I mean, pro- are you going to party like it's 1999? <laughs> and what's his? What's the thing? The drug that he pro- fentanyl. 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 Yeah. Oh, totally. This predicted the rise and fentanyl of Prince, uh-huh. formerly known as the symbol. <laughs> formerly known as. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Was I right? Wrong. <laughs> You're so. Let me let me see your well, notes. Well, I, I have believe... a problem with this one, but I'll still I'll still throw it out there. This is talking about September 11th, 9/11, when the plane. 9/11, the... 1999. Yeah, it was 2001, but you know, give it take. Maybe a they few were planning. Years. Maybe OC was planning. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. No OC. No OC knows OC. <laughs> All right, and they is- crashed into the two towers, so that's the two rocks. The planes came in at a forty-five at the forty-fifth latitude, and it went into the buildings that would cause the buildings to crash at a forty-five degree angle, which they didn't. crumbled down on themselves. That's why. <laughs> how in the world? Yeah, that's 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 why. No, it's Steve. Not- yeah, I mean Osama bin Laden is the king of the Mongols. <laughs> what are you humming nothing (laughs) are you singing a song yes i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it i remember when mom and dad wanted to go to that kolel thing it was a jewish thing where they looked at the bible and they would i went to that too Oh, okay. So yeah, you, and you and I all went the like history. Yeah, no, no, we I, went separately. Separately, but we both went to the same thing. They were so amazed because if you take the Bible and you turn every fourth word, then every twelfth word, and then you circle the letter, <laughs> then that that's the Aleph, and that means in the beginning. And then you go to the twelfth letter of the thirteenth page, and this and that, and you could post dict the entire history of the universe based on that and i remember mom and dad were i mean this sounds so mean but i remember them coming out of that going see what i'm saying that's so amazing and i think steven went with me and i remember us coming out going that is the most ridiculous that would be like looking at license plates (laughs) on a long distance trip and suggesting that there was some kind of hidden meaning that any word that was spelled by the third letter in the third state that you cross. I mean, it's that's true, Becky. <laughs> that is absolutely true. And if you haven't even tried it, then you don't know. License plates tell the future. Okay, so now you're going to have to predict <sighs> the future, not about yourself. Okay, but you're going to have one prediction that you can put on this podcast. Then we're going to put the podcast in a time machine, and we're going to pull it out and see if you are right about. The future. Okay. What? What? what, You can pick what year. I mean, you got to give me some parameters. Okay. Okay. You can pick between the following topics. Okay. Business, politics, medicine. Okay. Fifteen years. I think I'm going to steal one that you're going to be mad that I. Which one? What do you pick? Which one? I'm going to do medicine. Okay. I think that there's going to be some type of technological advancement that can change things within you to heal and you have to give away all your information. We've talked about this, so you're probably mad that I'm stealing it. But mm. I, I, I think that this is actually what's going to happen, that it will change whatever biosomes you have in you to make yourself feel better. And we won't have mental illnesses. There'll be something and it'll get better and better and we just won't have illness. So then they'll cause other problems. All right. Biosomes. Biosomes. <laughs> 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 All right, so you think in 15... 15- what are biosomes? I don't even know what, what a biosome bi- is. Jeez Louise. I don't know, but that's what my contact solution is called. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have some contact solution that we'll all be able to take. 
All right. So you think in 15 years that. Now give me some categories okay. and then I have to make a prediction. Give me some okay. categories. <laughs> so you had, let me, let's, let's review. My choices were politics, medicine, and what was the third one? I don't remember. Okay. Yours are going to be entertainment. Oh, okay. Good. Cultural lifestyle and transportation. Okay. I'm going to pick cultural lifestyle. Daily double. And please ask us in a question. <laughs> what are wide-legged jeans for 500, please? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's your prediction? Yes. And, and when will that be? In 15 years. Oh, in 15 years. Awesome. I'm not suggesting that we'll come and go, but I predict in 15 years. Wide-legged jeans. Will be worn. <laughs> Are you ready for the sort of fact? I is. This study is at a PU, and thanks to you, it has to do with lifestyle. Mm-hmm. The study found that 87%. PU finds a lot of things at 87%. Right. And this found that 87% of us in 15 years will have lives that have style, and the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of us will either. And the rest of us won't have style or be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> and the rest of us will neither have style nor life. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Courtesy of Sort of Facts. Thanks for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Before you take off, I have a few more things to let you know about. One, you can find show notes for every episode of ACLR and links to all resources mentioned at applycuriositylab.com forward slash blog. It's there that we'll wait to read your answers to each week's Curiosity Bite. Two, in order to avoid missing curiosity-bitten conversations, subscribe to Apply Curiosity Lab Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and all the other spots that podcasts hang out and wait to be discovered. Toss up a review, especially if you have nice things to say. Finally, for all things Apply Curiosity, including information on workshops and your free membership to the Tribe of the Curious, go to applycuriositylab.com. In the meantime, elevate curiosity.